today. What an honor and what a privilege it is to be here. We thank you that we're not just here, just us physically that are here. Your presence is here. Your angels are here. Your spirit is here. And today we tap into the supernatural power and the flow of the Lord for us here today. And we thank you, Lord, for manifesting yourself. I pray that you give me divine utterance. Help me, Lord, to speak your very heart to those that are here today, Father. I speak blessing over each and every one of them. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, last week, we started a brand new series at the first of the year. And the, the title of this is called From the Inside Out. Or you could say how to function from the inside out. In order for 2019 to be successful, I'm just writing some of the things I shared last week. In order for 2019 to be successful, and you know God wants this year to be successful. For a lot of people, it's just the turn of a page on the calendar and that's it. Not for me. I've got my expector out there. My expectation is from the Lord. Hallelujah. That's what David said. And in order for us to be successful, we have to learn, and I believe that we are and have been, to be governed from the inside out. Amen? Now, the things that I'm going to be sharing here, some of it we've heard before, but I want to say this, just like Peter said, though you know these things, I'm going to stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. Amen? And so it's not, <coughs> it's not what we've heard, it's what we keep hearing. Uh, he, uh, Romans chapter 10, you know the scripture, it says, faith comes, verse 17, faith, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It doesn't say faith comes by having heard. It comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. I vividly remember when I was in, in grade school and we were learning the times tables. I remember that, that piece of brown paper that they put this on. It was like a cardboard type thing, you know. I mean, we had to learn the times tables, you know. We'd go home, and my mother would go through it with me or my dad, you know, and, and you know, two times two, two times four, eight times eight, and so forth, and until you memorize those things, right? Now, you didn't do it at once. You couldn't just look at it and say, I got it down, unless you have a photographic memory. Some people do, <laughs> but most of us don't. And so you learn by repetition, and the more you say, see something, and rehearse something, the more it becomes a part of you. And so faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing the word of Jesus, the words that come from him. All right? Now, I asked the Lord myself uh, just over a week ago at the start of the year, and, uh, you know, because I want his mind on everything. I said, Father, is there something you want to share with me? Is there something you want to communicate to me? That will, that will help me this year, personally, and then help the folks in our church, help the people in our church. He said one word to me. He said, uh, actually a sentence. He says, let me be the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, and everything between, and everything will turn out right in 2019. Amen. We know that in Revelation, I'll just quote Revelation 21, verse 6, and 22, 13, Jesus says, I am the Alpha and Omega. Now, what does that mean? Alpha is the first letter in the Greek alphabet. Omega is the last letter in the Greek alphabet. We would say, say it like this. Let Jesus be your A and Z and everything between. Amen? And so it's really important that we understand that if we acknowledge God in all of our ways, He will direct our path. 
And sometimes it seems like the path that we're on is really crooked and there's a lot of stuff going on in our lives, you know. But I'll tell you what, if we acknowledge God, if we put Him in the right perspective in our lives. Now, I had you turn to Hebrews, right? Chapter 11. Look at verse 6. And it says this, But without faith it is impossible to please Him, that's God. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Oh, there's a lot in that verse right there. Amen? So you can't please, we cannot please God without faith. For he that cometh to God, you have to first believe that He is. Amen? And that He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. You know, God is a rewarder. He loves to reward His children. Amen? Now, I heard it said like this one time when I was in Bible school. Somebody said, one of the teachers said this, it's impossible to be a diligent seeker of God without first believing that He is. You have to believe that God is and that He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. See, we all serve God by faith. Isn't it true? Now, you know God's with you. Jesus is with you. He's with you all the time. He'll never leave you or forsake you. But you have to embrace that by faith. Okay? Say this after me. Say, God is with me, God is with me. By, faith. by faith. All right. Hallelujah. Now, you know, by faith, you believe there's oxygen in this room, right? <laughs> I hope you do. <laughs> by faith, you believe there's oxygen in this room. Why? You don't see it, but you know that it's here because if it wasn't here, we'd be history, Right? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Why is faith so important? Because it's the only way we can please God. Praise the Lord. You see, when you walk by faith and not by sight, you're pleasing the Lord. You wake up in the morning, you don't have any feelings whatsoever. No goosebumps, man. You don't feel very spiritual. You know what I mean? But you're not moved by that. You're moved by the Word of God. God says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Christ in you, the hope of of glory. Glory to God. And so the Lord said this. He says, in order for 2019 to be successful, He says, let me be the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, and everything between, and everything else will be fine. Just acknowledge God. We don't have to try to figure everything out, how everything's going to work out in our lives. But I guarantee you this, that if we look to Him and we trust Him, I don't know about you, but man, there were some major challenges I had, we had in 2018. Major challenges, okay? <laughs> How about y'all? You had some major challenges? But you know what? We're still here. You're still here. You're still standing. Hallelujah. Like they used to say, it ain't over till the fat lady sings. Okay, I don't know where that phrase came up with. Well, it ain't over because Jesus is Lord. Amen? Amen? Jesus is Lord. Say, He's Lord, He's Lord. of my life. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. He that comes to God must believe that He is and that He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. I cannot be a diligent seeker of God daily without first believing that He is. You see, we pray. I pray by faith. I say, Father, I thank You. I don't feel a thing. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank You that You hear me when I pray. 
Thank you. Your eyes are upon the righteous and your ears are open unto our prayers, the Bible says. And so we're moved by that. Amen? It's so important. Now, we're talking about in this series how, how to be governed. Today we'll actually talk about how to, be, how to function from the inner man. How to function from the inner man. Now, I'm just going to quote this because of time because we want to cover some territory here today. But we know that in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23... The Apostle Paul, the Holy Ghost through the Apostle Paul actually said this, I pray God that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless to the coming of the Lord. Amen. Now notice that, that the Apostle Paul, you're familiar with this verse, starts out with spirit, then soul, number two, and thirdly, body. Spirit, soul, body. The part of us that received eternal life when we got born again was not our minds, was not our bodies, but our spirits. That's the real us. Okay? You are a spirit. And the only thing that keeps your body alive right now is the fact that your spirit is inside your body. Amen? It's not just that heart beating in your chest that's keeping you alive. It's the spirit of God. Your spirit is alive, and it keeps your body alive. It's just like that glove I said... When you put your hand in a glove, that glove is powerless on its own. But when you put your hand inside a glove and you move your fingers, the glove moves with it. The glove is not, has no power of its own to move. It's the hand in the glove that makes that thing work. And so it is your spirit that's in you that keeps your body functioning. You are a spirit. You have a soul which is your, comprised of your mind and your will and your emotions. That's your soul. Praise the Lord. And then, of course, you live in a physical body, right? We, we look around, we see each other's physical bodies. But that's really not the real us. That's just the house that you live in. All right? Now, I have to cover that territory because it's, it's so important before we move into this that we are to be governed by the spirit. Now Paul said your spirit and your soul and your body. Now last week we talked about how that many times and through the years I've actually heard it quoted from actually ministers that actually quote it in reverse. They'll say body, soul, spirit. Okay? More, more times, more often than not I hear people say body, soul, spirit. But actually that's not the way the Apostle Paul phrased it. There's, a, there's, a, there's an order. Spirit, Soul, body, not body, soul, spirit. Brother Kenneth E. Hagin said this. He said, the Lord showed him. He said, why do people quote it in reverse? He said, it's because they're more body conscious than they are spirit conscious. Amen? But you can become spirit conscious. I'm a spirit. Sometimes it helps just to say that I am a spirit. God is a spirit, and His spirit lives on the inside of me. Glory to God. Amen? Now, last year, and I'm going to review a little bit of this that we covered last week. I woke up, oh, this is probably four or five months ago. I woke up about four o'clock in the morning, something like that. And you know, sometimes when you wake up at that time of the day, your mind is clear and it's just, I've found that it's a little bit, it seems like it's easier to hear the voice of the Lord at that time of the day. I don't know why. Now, God's always speaking, but sometimes our minds are not in a position to receive but I heard these words, not with these ears here, but inside my spirit. 
And I said this last week. I don't talk like this. I don't think I ever used this word before. And I'll just say this again. The Lord said this. The epicenter of all of God's activity and the born again human spirit. It's the spirit of man that's the epicenter. Okay? He said this. I'll write it. He said the epicenter of all of God's activity is in the born again human spirit. When God deals with you, when God speaks to you, when God does something or says something to you, he's speaking from the epicenter, which is the the core. Now, I gave you some definitions of this word epicenter, and I've always heard it in conjunction with earthquakes, like the, the core, the center. But here are some other words for the word epicenter. Command post, focal point, headquarters, control center, core, focus, heart, hub, inner reality, switchboard. So the, I like the word headquarters. When God recreated your born-again human spirit, he set up his headquarters on the inside of you, the command post. Amen? And he broadcast from your spirit, and that's why you can pick up. I'm going to go a little bit deeper here today. I believe you can handle this. Amen? We're not talking milk here. We're talking some meat here. Can you handle it this morning? Some meat of God's word. Uh, but a lot of times people are, Christians are soul conscious or body conscious or flesh conscious when if we're more spirit conscious, I'm telling you, I've stood in the midst of some very perplexing circumstances, needless to say. You know, and, and you got the natural shouting at you, you know, and turmoil on this end, turmoil on this end, and you got these voices coming at you, okay? Yet in the midst of that, your spirit is in connection with the Holy Spirit, and your sp- the Lord's trying to communicate something, but sometimes we push it down. We squelch it. We push it down when the Lord is already trying to talk to us from the command post, from the epicenter, which is in our spirits, and He's trying to communicate us information that will lift us out of that situation that we're in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, sometimes your mind and your eyes and your thinking will go, oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? This looks crazy right now. What's going on? But yet the Holy Ghost will say, ha, just laugh. It's okay. Everything's all right. Amen. Throw a party. (laughs) That's what it says. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations or diverse temptations. Count it all joy. How can you do that? Count it all joy. James said that because we know the outcome. I know the outcome. You know, a few years ago, I was at a, a minister's conference. You know, it was actually in Washington, Washington D.C. And uh, the Lord showed me something here. And uh, I got back from the conference. Brother, it was Brother Copeland's conference. We got back that night from the meeting, got into the hotel, you know. And, uh, uh, and I turned the television on. And it just so happened that the Pittsburgh Penguins were playing the Washington Capitals. But it was a delayed... Uh, it was a delayed game. They put it on later, okay? I had already checked my phone and found out that they beat the Capitals already. But when I put the television on, it looked like, from all appearances, they were behind. They were losing, okay? They were losing. But I already knew the outcome. They won the game. But if I was to go by what I saw on TV, it'd be like, they're losing. See, what, see the illustration I'm giving here? And sometimes in the game of life, it looks like you're losing. It looks like you're behind, but then you have some other information say, 
I already won. <laughs> I already won. See, the thing you have to understand, folks, listen to me. Jesus didn't do anything for himself. Everything he did and is doing now in his present-day ministry, he's doing it for you and my benefit. His death was really your death. His burial was your burial. His resurrection was your resurrection. His ascension was your ascension. His seating is your seating. The Bible says we've been raised up in Ephesians to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, far above principalities and power. Ooh, what a perspective. Amen? One time I was cruising in an airplane, 39,000 feet. It was high. Amen? And I looked out the window and I saw what seemed like little tiny cars and buildings. I mean, you could just, from that perspective. And I said within myself to the Lord, I said, boy, Lord, we're really high. And the Holy Ghost spoke back to me. He said, that's nothing. You're raised up to sit with me in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen? You know, you go, you go so far out in outer space, and you can look, you get so far away from the earth, the earth can look like a little blueberry from your perspective. But you know it's not that size. But from that vantage point, it doesn't look very big. When we see life from God's perspective on a daily basis, is it possible to do that? Absolutely yes. Say yes. yes. It's possible to see everything that you're facing. All of us here in this room, we have certain challenges. Some of it's spiritual, some of it's mental, some of it's financial, some of it's relational. You know what I'm saying? No matter what the struggle is, no matter what the situation is that we're all facing different things, if we see it from God's perspective, we can make it through anything. You see, God is so committed to you and to me to help us to overcome. He has your interest at heart. And so the epicenter, he told me this, the Spirit of God said, the epicenter of all of God's activity is in the born-again human spirit. Now, we brought out the fact last week, it's just like in, in uh, as I review a little bit here, like certain networks like CBN, Christian Broadcasting Network, their epicenter is in Virginia Beach. They broadcast from there. Fox News out of New York City, the Weather Channel out of Atlanta, just to name a few, Okay. They have a place, there's, a, there's an epicenter, there's a, a hub, there's a switchboard, there's headquarters where they function out of there. And so just like our spirits, that's where God lives. Say this after me, say, God, God chose, chose to live inside me. Live inside My, me. Body My body is God's, temple. is God's temple. Praise the Lord. Now, you know, when Paul wrote the church at Corinth, you know, they had some issues and they had some problems. They certainly weren't the perfect church, right? When Paul wrote the church at Corinth, he said there's envying, there's strife among you, there's, there's carnality, you know. They had all, they, just read 1 Corinthians, you'll see they had all kind of issues, but they were still children of God. They were still going to go to heaven, but they had issues. He said, you are yet carnal. Now, we get the word carnivorous, which means meat or flesh, okay? Paul was saying you're a bunch of meatheads. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But he said, you know, you're born again, but you're being governed by the flesh. 
He says, where there's among you envying and strife. One says, I'm of Paul. One says, I'm of Apollos. You know, he says, is Christ divided? You know, they were picking favorites. You know what I'm saying? I got this teacher. I want this teacher, you know. And um, they, they abused practically everything. They abused the gifts of the Spirit. Paul had to correct them on that. They abused the communion table. Now, back in those days, they had, they had meals. It wasn't just like a wafer and a cracker and a little cup of juice. They would have an entire meal as their communion, and that's okay to do that. But what would happen, he, he corrected them. He said they would come together, and they would get so hungry that they would, eat, they would overeat, and then there wasn't enough food for the rest of the people when it was time to take communion. He goes, you've got to judge yourself in this. Think about that. They were pigging out. Okay, pardon the expression. But see, Paul had to correct the, the, ch the church at Corinth because they were carnal. In other words, they were born again, but they were body ruled, emotional ruled, but they were still children of God. Okay? Now, nobody, when they're born again, is grown, you know, just like in the natural, when you're born into this earth, nobody is born full grown. Everybody's born a baby, a bona fide baby when you come into this earth. Praise God. Now, nobody is born full grown. Spiritually speaking, it's the very same thing. Peter said in 1 Peter 2, verse 2, he says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So babies can't eat meat. They have to drink milk. Even new puppies and new kittens and things like that, anything that's new, okay, you know, they, have, they feed on the milk until they're strong enough they can have solid food, all right? But the, the point I'm trying to make is this, is we can develop spiritually where our spirits, babies have spirits, but they're not developed. They have bodies, but they're not developed. But they're still a spirit, they're still a soul, and they're still a body, right? And as a spiritual being, now, if you're born into this earth, if you just eat, you're going to grow physically, Right? But a person can be born again for 50 years and still be a baby spiritually. Did you know that? Because spiritual growth is not automatic. And just because someone's been saved for 35 years doesn't mean that they're mature. Okay? Because spiritual maturity is something that we do on purpose. Spiritual maturity is something that we seek after and grow after. I don't know, you probably have, and I've known people through the years that have, man, they've been saved longer than I've been on the earth. But by all evidence and natural evidence, when you see their lives, and, and I'm not criticizing anybody, I'm just saying they've never developed spiritually. They still get offended easily, still get upset easily, you know. And, uh, you know, always in competition. Never, never submitted their spirit, their body to their spirit. In other words, they're more body conscious, more mind conscious than they are spirit conscious. I refuse. One of the ways you can really develop spiritually is you refuse to become offended. This wasn't in my notes this morning here, but I'll just say this. That the devil will see to it. There's always going to be ample opportunity for you to be offended by someone. Do you know that? It could be a family member. Sometimes it's always in the family. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Or it could be anybody for that matter. And you just have to make a choice to say, I'm just not going to become offended. I'm going to pass up that opportunity. 
I'm not going to let someone else reign on my parade and spoil my blessing. Amen? Praise the Lord. So every day you have to get up. You have to make a choice. I'm going to walk in love before anything happens. I'm going to walk in the Spirit. I'm going to walk. What is walking in the Spirit anyway? Does that mean you kind of like float around the room about three foot above everybody else? And you're just like, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Is that walking in the Spirit? No. Walking in the Spirit means walking in love. Walking in love. Preferring your brother before yourself. Amen? And that's the way God loves us. And He says, I've given you my love so you can love one another the same way. The Lord Jesus Christ said this, By this shall all men know that you're my disciples, by the love that you have one towards another. Not your faith, but your love. Praise God. How's everybody out there, these doors, outside these doors, how are they going to know that we're Christians? How are they going to know? By the love that we have. Amen? God, I just want more of your power. I want more of the anointing. I want more of the gifts of the Spirit. And God says, just walk in the love of God and you'll have all, this, all those other things. Amen? You'll do more things by accident than you would on purpose if you walk in love towards people and you just love people, you care for them. Now, I know sometimes it's hard. It's hard to love certain people. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's, some people are easier to love than other people. But that's where, that's where, that's where true growth takes place. Like, like I, was, I was mentioning about 2018, there were some challenges that we had, like you all have. It's either an opportunity to defect from the Word of God and say this stuff doesn't work, or to let your roots grow deeper, your trust roots grow deeper where you have a firm foundation. Praise God. Why do trees have a root system? For stability, not only to nourish the tree, but it gives them stability. So the, when the winds come against those trees and so forth, all things being equal, we're not talking tornadoes and stuff like that, but basic weather patterns, you know, that that root system keeps that tree in place. Right? And so it is with our roots. We're to, the Bible says we're to be rooted and grounded in love. It says that rooted and grounded in love. Praise God. I know sometimes your body doesn't want to do it, but you just say, no, body, we're going we're gonna to walk in love today. We're going to pray for that person. Jesus said, bless those that curse you. Pray for those that despitefully use you. He's not trying to make it hard on us. He's trying to keep us in the blessing. Because some, if someone rails, there's a lot of people in the flesh out there. How many of you know that? Ooh, baby. You just get in your car and you start out on the highway. You're going to see some people in the flesh. How many of you know people can drive with an attitude? <laughs> you get a little too close to your back end there, and you're like, better back off, baby. I can slam these brakes on right here, you know. <laughs> and someone's tailing you, you know. And, and you can tell there's a lot of attitudes out there, but we're just not going to yield to that. You with me? Amen. Praise the Lord. God speaks to your spirit, then your mind, this is the process. God speaks to your spirit. We're talking about being governed from the inside out. God speaks to your spirit, and then your mind picks up on what he's saying. Now, Nancy, when the Lord spoke to you, you didn't hear it audibly, did you? you didn't hear it, but you heard it in your spirit, right? So your spirit 
picked up something and your mind picked up on what the Holy Ghost was saying, increase. Okay? Let's see. That's, that's an example. Her spirit picked up on it, then her mind. Okay? So God comes through our spirit and communicates to our mind. And you know, you know what's kind of interesting? I think it's fascinating, actually. That you can communicate with God without even moving your lips. People that I know, and I've studied this for years now, people that have had... Uh, near-death experiences, NDEs they call them, that have gone to heaven, come back. Marvelous testimonies about people that have been there and come back. Boy, they don't want to come back for anything. Extreme joy, extreme peace. You know what I'm saying? But more often than not, and these are different people said that when they were in heaven, when they talked to the Lord, they didn't even have to move their lips. It was like spirit to spirit. You knew what he was saying. He knew what you were saying. No, no, you didn't have to move your lips to communicate. Do you know you can do the very same thing? Now, it's okay to open your mouth and talk to the Lord, but I, I, I practice this all the time. I'll be laying on my bed at night. Sometimes it takes a while to go to sleep, and I'll be laying there. And the Scripture talks about meditate upon your bed. Meditate upon. That's what the book of Psalms says. And I'll lay there, and I'll just, in my, in my heart, I'll be saying, Father, thank you. Thank you today. Oh, thank you today. I worship you. I love you, Lord. I appreciate you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I'll just start up within my spirit. I'm not even moving my mouth. I encourage you to do the same thing. You'd be surprised what will happen. On that same level, on that same wave, when I'm doing that, all of a sudden, I'll hear in my mind the Holy Ghost talking right back to me. And sometimes he'll say things to me that make me just weep. His love for us is so, ooh, so powerful. Amen? And I'll talk to the Lord. I'll have conversations. I'll, sometimes I'll talk for over an hour with him like that, just having conversation with the Lord, speaking to him out of my spirit. Amen? It's kind of like you, those of you that are here that are filled with the Holy Ghost and pray in other tongues. How many pray in another tongue? How many of you, you can speak out loud? I can stop, but I still hear the tongues. I still hear it, even though I'm not moving my mouth. What is it? That's your spirit communicating with God. Now, the more you become conscientious of that, the easier it is during the day, during the hustle and the bustle, during the regular day part of the day, where you can be just going along and the Lord will say something and impress, impress, impressions inside your spirit to encourage you, to lift you up. Now, you have to understand this. The devil is a discourager. He's bad news all the way. Everything he says or communicates to you brings depression, sadness, sorrow, no hope. You understand what I'm saying? Those are thoughts coming from out here that come against your mind. That's a whole entire different thing. Now, the Lord speaks from the inside out. Jesus said in John chapter 7, He that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. 
He stood up on the last day of the great feast and said, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He didn't say, Come and think. He says, Come and drink. Amen. Now, we're using our thinkers today, but I want you to drink. Amen? In fact, I want you to get drunk. Okay? Say, Martha, why did we go to that church today? The pastor said, get drunk today. No, the Bible says, be not drunk with wine in Ephesians chapter 5, but be filled with the Spirit, be intoxicated with the Spirit. Amen? Amen? Amen. From the natural, why do people drink? They try to... One of the things, they try to cover the problems. They're depressed. They try to cover the problems. Try to drown them out. But listen, when you're drunk on the Holy Ghost, you're more conscious of God. They accused Peter and the rest of them on the day of Pentecost for being drunk. He said, look guys, it's only 9 o'clock in the morning. We're not drunk as you suppose, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel in chapter 2. It shall come to pass in the last days that God will pour out His Spirit on His sons and His daughter, and He'll pour out His Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. They will speak for me. This is that. And you had the other group there saying, what meaneth this? What's this all about? Why are they speaking in this, this tongue, strange tongue? Why are they doing that? See, that was back on the day of Pentecost, the initial outpouring of the Holy Ghost. They accuse them of being drunk. Well, usually drunk people are having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> they don't care what people think. A lot of times people are inhibited and bashful and backwards, but they get a few drinks in them. They can loosen up a little bit. You know what I'm saying? And uh, that's, we're not to be drunk with the natural stuff, but we are to be drunk on the spiritual stuff, on the Holy Ghost. That doesn't mean you lose control. It's just you're not as concerned and you're not as occupied and you're not as consumed with what other people are thinking about me. Okay? Personally, I don't care how I look right now. I mean, I did my best. Okay? I might not be the perfect size, the perfect shape and so forth and so on, the perfect age and all that. But you know what? I don't care because I'm letting my spirit man dominate me. Hallelujah. It's my spirit that's going to be a blessing to you, not my flesh today, but my spirit man. And, uh, and so as I become more yielded to God, the more I can be a blessing to you and to the people that I come in contact with. Amen? Now it's interesting because when, when the Lord talks to you and uses you and He wants to use you to help other people, it may not be a scripture initially that you're sharing with a person. It may be or it may not. For example, I was in a particular store last week, actually, and I was in the checkout line, and I go to the store all the time, and uh, there was a, a lady that was in the, uh, she was checking out the, my groceries, and I felt impressed to the Spirit to say, your hair looks really pretty, by the way, man. I said, just like that. Not in a bad way, in a, in a creepy way. Okay? Like, wait, babe, you look great. No, it wasn't. Like your hair. It wasn't. You know what I'm saying? But, but you know the motive of the heart, pure. I said, I said, ma'am, you have a really pretty hair color, you know? She goes, man, thank you so much. That means a lot to me, you know? And, and I, I normally don't practice saying stuff like that, but I felt like the Holy Spirit wanted me 
Who knows what she's dealing with? Who God only knows what she's dealing with. Maybe that's what she just needed to hear that, that, that moment. There's other times I don't say a word. I just go right through and that's it. But on that particular day, I felt led in my spirit. I couldn't get away from it. I said, compliment her hair color. <laughs> go figure. And, and I did, but it, that could have made her day. Now, I'm not saying the Lord showed me that you have this issue in your life, you know. Now, sometimes that can happen. But we have to be obedient with the seemingly small things first before he can entrust us with bigger things. Okay? Now, I had one time when I was, I, was in a, I was green as green could be in the ministry. I was new and I was fresh. Just got out of Bible school. And we had gone to work in a church in Killeen, Texas. Okay, Fort Hood is down there. The army is still there to this day. And this church was a large church, maybe 1,200 people, something like that. And we were just 23 years old, young, green, new. And, uh, and so I, everything I was doing was brand new. I mean, everything was new and fresh to me, the ministry, everything. I just got out of Bible school, you know. So everything was a first-time experience. You understand what I'm saying? But I, I remember on one occasion when I first got there, the pastor asked me to take a midweek service. He had to go on a missions trip or something like that, and he asked me to take the midweek service. I thought, oh, glory to God. Man, I tell you what, I got before the Lord. I said, Father, I said, I, man, I want to hear from you. I don't want to just get up there and have a, you know, pull a sermon out of the back pocket, so to speak, you know. You know, there's a thousand and one things you could teach on, but I wanted the mind of God. And I remember locking myself up in my bedroom, putting worship music on, and sitting before the presence of God. Because I, I didn't want people to see me. I wanted them to see Jesus. Amen? And uh, as I was worshiping Jesus in my bedroom, in my apartment, second floor, second floor, up, upstairs apartment, I was worshiping Jesus. The Lord spoke something to my spirit. He said, now I had met this person one time, one time. And, you know, sometimes if you meet someone the first time, you forget their names. You ever done that before? <laughs> and I, I was going to teach on divine healing. That's what I feel that's one of, the, one of the veins I believe God has me, is especially faith and healing. That particular area is so dear to my heart, so precious to me. I love it's like a, you get in that niche, you know, with faith and healing. Oh, glory to God. Man, that's better than a T-bone steak. You know what I mean? And so as I'm worshiping him and listening in my spirit, the epicenter of where God lives, the Holy Spirit said, I want you to call out Alice Arnstein. That was her name. I still remember it to this day. Remember that, Lynn? Yeah. He says, I want to heal her neck. Okay. Now, I didn't realize that she was in a bad car accident. It was whiplashed, okay? And the Spirit of God spoke to me. He says, Call, I want you, after you minister, when you teach, teach the Word first, get the Word of God out there first, and then at the end, take some time to minister, call her out. And I'll tell you, here's the interesting thing. I only met this woman one time, okay? And I, to my recollection, this is a Wednesday night service, to my recollection, I don't ever remember seeing her in a midweek service. I would see her on Sunday, look across the way, you know, and so forth. 
And so within myself, I said, well, Lord, that's going to have to surely be you because uh, I don't usually, within myself, I said, I don't usually see her on the midweek service. So the Bible says, prove all things, hold fast that which is good, right? So I get to the service. They did worship, then they turned it over to me, and I got up there, and I looked over in the right section, and I see, well, there she is. She's sitting over there with her family on a midweek service. Praise you, Lord Jesus. I guess I did hear from the Lord. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I finished my message. I taught on, the, on, on healing, divine healing. And then, then at the very end, the piano player came up. She started doing worship a little bit, you know, and I, and I said, I'm just going to obey the Lord right now. And I said, Alice, over here. And she looked at me like, what? You know, I said, the Lord wants to minister to you. Come up right now. So she comes up there. Tears are running down her face. And the, I said, the Lord shows me that you have a neck problem. And the Lord wants to heal you right now. And I mean, she, tears just streaming down her face. You know what I'm saying? Now, all I did was just, I didn't have any special feeling, no special goosebump, but I heard from heaven. And I just did what he told me to do. And I prayed for her. I had no special lightning coming out of my hands. I just laid hands on her. I said, in Jesus' name, be healed. Boom, she fell backwards, you know. I didn't feel anything, but she did. She went, whew, she was just like a truck hit her. She flew backwards, you know. We found out, I found out that week, she goes, she goes, Pastor Keith, she was in tears about it. She goes, I'm telling you, I was totally healed. I was in a car accident. I was whiplashed in my neck. I couldn't even move my neck. And she goes, when you laid hands on me, she goes, I was completely, totally free. Glory to God. And every time I'd see her, she'd remind me of that. I said, well, thank Jesus because he's the one that did it. I can't take any credit for it. I couldn't heal a fly's eyeball. Right? I couldn't heal a gnat's wing. <laughs> but Jesus can heal and wants to heal people. Now, I haven't shared that story in a long, 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 long time. Epicenter. How often are we in contact with our epicenter? Praise the Lord. Sometimes people are more soul conscious. Sometimes you get with people who are like, man, they're just in the natural, just talking about everything natural, natural. You feel like saying, hold it, stop, wait a minute. You are a spirit. I know there's some things going on in, your, in the flesh, but you are a spirit. And your spirit is in contact with God. And if you hear from Him, there's a lot of things you won't go through if you listen to Him. Now, I would be lying if I stood up here and said that I've never missed it. I have missed it. I've made mistakes. How many of you have never made a mistake before? Anybody here? You know, when you started driving the car, you know, you might have hit a few bump, uh, curbs and stuff like that, but that didn't stop you from driving, right? Practice makes perfect. And so we're always in the process of developing our spirits. Praise the Lord. Like I was saying last week, my uh, first year at Rainbow Bible Training Center, this is in 1982, Brother Kenneth Hagen, he says, I'm going to teach you, I had, we called it, it was called Faith Library. That was the class that he taught, Faith Library. That he, there's a broad band there. I mean, he could be teaching on healing. It could be on faith. It could be on, on uh, miracles, gifts of the Spirit. He taught on all that stuff. 
He says the Lord showed him that he's to teach a class, and we were the charter class to hear this, called Spiritology. I'm like, what is Spiritology? He says, I've been in the ministry over 50 years now. I think he has a little bit of experience. He said, I've seen where people have trained their bodies. I've seen universities where they've trained and educated people. But you see literally nothing, hardly anything out there that trains the human spirit. So we're going to call it spiritology, and we're going to train the human spirit how to function out of your spirit. That is one of the main things. The first thing I learned from Kenneth E. Hagin, the very first thing and the most important thing I learned from him is not faith. It was love. The man oozed the love of God. There's times he would just walk out on the stage. I would just start crying. It was, was he strong in faith? Why? Of course he was. But he was a man of compassion and a man of love. That's the first thing I learned from him. Now, some people didn't pick up on that. Some people that sat in the same room in the same class right next to me were reading Hot Rod magazine while Brother Hagin was teaching. Think about that. In 1982. Well, you look a few years later, they're not, they're not in the ministry. They don't exist. Because I, I don't know about you, but I valued... We have to value people. Amen? Now, I don't worship any man. I never have, never will. But I do respect people, and I respect the office that they stand in. Man, I practically wanted to kiss the ground that that man walked on. Not because of, I'm not a Hagen worshiper or anything like that, but I believe that God called him for such a time as this, and I was privileged to sit at his feet. God supernaturally called me to go to that school. It was supernatural. I don't have time to get into it. And, um, but I, I thank God because the more respect you have for an individual, a minister or ministry, the more you're able to draw from them. When you, when you don't respect somebody, you don't want to hear what they have to say. You don't want to hear, ah, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, when you honor and you respect and you show honor and respect, and the world is practically void of that nowadays. How many of you know that? With our young people, no honor, no respect for our elders. You know what I'm saying? But I believe God is bringing back a true honor and a true love that we can see one another through God's eyes and through God's love. Amen? Every one of you in this room, you are a prized possession. You are chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. <laughs> I see you that way. I do. No, you may not see yourself that way, but I see you that way. How do you think God looks at us? Do you think he looks down his nose from heaven and says, ah, it's them again? Is he just tolerating you, just putting up with you? No. He loves you unconditionally. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> I receive that, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. There's no fear in love. When you know how much God loves you, it just wipes out fear completely from your life, eradicates fear. There's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. When you have knowledge of how much God loves you, is in love with you, it'll take away fear. Banish fear. 
my computer screen just vanished. <laughs> what time is it here? Praise God. Go to Romans chapter 1 real quick here. doesn't appear that we're going to finish this today, but that's all right. We got next week. Praise the Lord. And uh, there's two scriptures in Romans. Romans chapter 1, verse 9. We'll look at this first. Now remember, we're talking about being governed from the inside. How to function from the inside out. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering, goodness, gentleness, self-control, is not in your body, it's in your spirit. It's in your spirit. It's in there. Praise God. You don't have to pray for patience, it's in there. You don't have to pray for love, it's in there. When you were born again, God deposited the nine fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, found in Galatians chapter 5, Nine gifts, nine fruits of the Spirit. He deposited them at the new birth in your spirit. Now they have to be developed. Now when you get baptized with the Holy Ghost, there's nine potential manifestations of the Holy Spirit found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The gifts of the Spirit. There's nine manifestations. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits, working of miracles. You'll find those in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The, the new birth opens up the doorway for the nine fruits the baptism of the Holy Ghost opens up the doorway, potentially, for the nine manifestations of the Holy Spirit mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Okay? But in, in Romans chapter 1 verse 9, there it is right there, the Apostle John, uh, Paul said this, For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit, notice that, in the gospel of His Son. Without ceasing, I make mention of you always in my prayers. Okay. Notice that Paul said here in Romans chapter 1 verse 9, God is faithful whom I serve with what? His spirit. Oh, we got something here. He didn't say I serve God with my body. I serve God with my mind. He said I serve God with my spirit. That's the headquarters. That's the epicenter. I serve God and I serve people with my Spirit and my body just follows along. Do you understand what I'm saying here? Now, in Romans 7, go to 7. Romans chapter 7, verse 22. You're right there in the neighborhood. Romans chapter 7, verse 22. For I delight, there it is. Paul says here, for I delight in the law of God after the inward man. Say inward man. Hmm. Now I'm just going to quote this because of time. But in 1 Peter 3, 4, Peter said this, Let it be the hidden man, that's the spirit, let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and a quiet spirit, which in the sight of God is a great price. Notice from the inside out. I delight in the law of God after the inward man, spirit, epicenter, headquarters, switchboard. You with me? I delight in the law of God after the inward man. Go to first or Second Corinthians chapter four. Second Corinthians chapter four and verse sixteen. Let 
Oh, praise the Lord. The more spirit conscious you are, and I'm not talking about Holy Spirit, your spirit, but the more you realize that you are a spirit and the Holy Spirit is in contact with your spirit. Now, I don't have time here, but I can see over here these glasses. And there's two water containers over there. Okay? Two separate. Is there another? Is there two over there? Two water containers? Is there two water containers? Okay. I can't see the other one. Okay. Now, if you took one glass up here, like this glass right here, and this glass represents me, my spirit, okay? From one of those jugs over there. If I took the other jug container of water and I came and I poured it in this container which represents me they're inseparable now because the, how can you ever separate them again that water goes into this water which was me and when the Holy Spirit the Bible says if any man be joined to the Lord he is one spirit with him the Holy Spirit mingled in your spirit is inseparable you can't separate them anymore. What can separate us from the love of God? Nothing. What can separate us from the presence of God? Nothing. And water is a type of a spirit. And when your spirit, your water, when you got born again, God poured his water into your spirit. And so it's not just you now that's in there. You are a spirit. Do you know unsaved people, there are people walking the streets of the city of Pittsburgh today that are spiritually dead. Now, that doesn't mean they don't exist. That means they're separate from God. The Bible emphatically teaches that there's more than one kind of death. We're more familiar with physical death, right? But the Bible talks about they're dead yet while they live. In Ephesians, it says, you were ruled by the prince of the power of the air. Dead. Spiritually means to be separate from God. And there are, there are people that are walking the streets of Pittsburgh today that are not born again, but their spirits are still existing. They're just dead to God. Are you with me? But when they get born again and they receive Jesus, the Spirit of God brings life into their spirit and destroys that old sin nature, and then they become a brand new man in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm, I never have to be lonely again. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I know back in the month of May, I did a, uh, I did a wedding for someone that was in the church. Okay, and it was several miles away. I had to drive, I think, four or five, four or five hours away. It was near Harrisburg. I went down and did a wedding there. And so, uh, you know, I had a lot of time in the car by myself. It was in the spring, you know. And, and I made a decision before I left to contact God with my spirit in that vehicle. And I mean to tell you, I had a Holy Ghost revival in my car that entire way down there. Praise God. Because I decided I'm not going to just waste time here. I'm going to do something. I'm going to draw near to God. And folks, you can drive your car. You can see where you're going. And you can still be in contact with God. 
You don't have to have your eyes closed. I wouldn't advise that if you're driving. And when I got to that place, man, oh man, oh man, oh man, I'm telling you what, I was ready to explode. I was ready not to do a a ceremony for a wedding. I was ready to have a revival service. Praise God. It sure made the wedding better, that's for sure. But I'll tell you what, man, oh man, oh man, my spirit was so stirred up because I was worshiping God, thanking God, praying in other tongues, speaking the word of God, whatever was coming to me, I was just do it. You can just cut loose and have a good time. Praise God. And I tell you, I became, now I'm, I'm saying this because you can become more or less spirit conscious by, by certain things that you do. Okay? Now if a person spends their whole day watching television, they're not going to be very spirit conscious. I'm not saying don't watch television. I'm not saying that. But if we spend the majority of our time in natural, fleshly, earthly things, just doing those, I'm all for a good movie and something that's clean. Amen? I'm not talking R-rated type flicks. Okay, we're not talking that at all. Something that's clean, that's good. I'm all for that. But the point I'm trying to make is this. We got to have our spirits in tune with the Lord every day. That's why the Lord said to me at the beginning of the year, he says, let me be the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, and everything between, and everything will turn out okay in 2019. The crooked places will be made straight. Sure, there's things you want to see happen, you want to see things change, but it starts in the realm of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Uh, healing takes place, not in your body first. It takes place in your spirit. Because the healer lives in your spirit. He does. Victory doesn't start out here. Victory starts in here. Victory starts in here. All victory starts in the inner man. Amen? Hallelujah. All victory starts in the inner man. Praise God. Don't you love to hear a vacuum when I'm teaching the Word of God? I can't remember that ever happening before here, but we bless that person in Jesus' name. Amen? <laughs> Amen? He's just sucking all the unbelief out of the room right now. Amen? <laughs> bless the Lord. Let's just lift, take a moment here and thank the Lord. Lift your hands. Just, oh, we praise you, Father. We praise you, Father. We worship you in this place, Lord. We worship the name of Jesus. We worship you, Father. We give you thanks, Father. Oh, thank you, Lord. 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 How wonderful you are. How blessed you are. How glorious you are, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just heard the Lord say in my spirit, I'm removing the trauma. Something traumatic. The Lord didn't show me who it is or what it is. 
all I heard was I'm removing the trauma by my spirit right now. You are now set free in Jesus' name, whoever that is. You are removed. That trauma is gone. You are healed right now. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Could have been something that happened many years ago. I don't know, but God knows. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Also, he's removing head pain right now. Head pain. I don't know if that's headaches or some type of pain in your head that keeps reoccurring, and the Lord is healing that right now by the Spirit of God. So receive that right now. Can we just pray in the Spirit together? Zombrola kevrele malabala le torromboko rossi tele malala pandar badala kadish gisot sombranda le kitas. Melatoro to remalagelele kriya to kombar aita kavuso to re dish kisisa. Zura lemene choko rabakin soprando lo kupra sadikele mambro solobre. Eheha. Ha ha ha. Zikro pala. Zombro kita la garmanakrasataka. Ne mene 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 soprama mana 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 balcon mangle begre banglogor be debre caradeshe pia varaba kamra mana casos sobrona balavede be cambrando lo cotresa dia saia messo bogrondo da be cambra mana coco mama ne mene mene me casos sosoko thank you lord thank you lord one of the fastest ways i could prophesy this because it's coming right out of my spirit but i'll just say it like this one of the fastest ways that you can yield to the Holy Spirit, because we want to know, how do I yield to you, Lord? Probably the fastest way that you can yield to the Holy Spirit is when you pray in the Spirit. Praying in other tongues. Talking mysteries to the Father. The Bible says, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue is not speaking to men, but he's speaking directly to God. Amen. The red phone. Right to heaven. Amen. And as you yield your tongue to the Lord and pray in the Spirit, you're already on Spirit Channel. Okay? You're already in the zone, the Spirit Zone. And on that same channel, the Lord can communicate things in English to you that you need to know because you're already on that channel. And whatever is being broadcasted from that channel in the Spirit will come to your mind. Understanding will come to your mind. Wisdom will come to your mind. Interpretation will come to your mind. Many times you'll be praying in the Spirit for a while, but then the interpretation will come of what you just prayed for. Then the interpretation. How does that come? It comes in the form of a thought, an idea, a concept, words, will come to you, and you'll know, that's what I have to do. That's, that's what I have to do. Hallelujah. And I do that all the time when it comes to preparing for these meetings here, these services. I'll spend a good chunk of time during the week praying in the Spirit, fellowshipping with God, praying in the Holy Ghost, waiting on the Lord, waiting for the move of the Spirit in my spirit, I remember that 
that situation in the Gospel of John that uh, I forget what chapter it is, but in the Gospel of John, it, it's the only gospel out of the four gospels that has this account. There's the the, uh, the the pool where the angel would come down at a certain season. Remember that? And, and stir up the waters. An angel would come down and stir up the waters. And whoever was the first person to jump into the water was healed of whatever problem that they had. Remember that? Remember that? I mean, God can do things like that, right? And, uh, but you know, if somebody was lazy and slack when the waters moved, man, they missed out. Somebody dove right into the water. They were healed. <laughs> Jesus walked up to them. They didn't know this. He was incognito. He walks right up to the guy. It was on a, it was on a pallet that couldn't walk. And he says, what about you? You going to be made whole? He says, sir, I have no man. <laughs> he says, when the water stirred, I guess, I, I guess someone jumps down before me and then I can't get in, then it's, I'm stuck in the same position. And Jesus asked him, he goes, will you be made whole? He's asking him this. He says, sirs, I have no man. And that's the problem. He's looking at man. John chapter 5, Okay. And Jesus touched and ministered to him. He, got, he didn't even know that was Jesus. Okay? And he was healed. Jesus is the stirring of the waters. Amen? They're waiting for the move of the stir. But the, the one that could stir the waters is Jesus himself. But when you're praying in the Spirit and you're praying in other tongues, you'll sense that when there's a move, there's a stirring, there's a, something stirring in your spirit. I told you we're going a little bit deeper today. I think you can handle this. Amen? More of the meat. Okay? And sometimes when you're praying in other tongues, praying in the Spirit, then you'll have a, like a stirring and something will start coming up on the inside of you, an idea or concept or something, you know, that here's what you are to, here's the course of action that you are to take. Praise the Lord. When... Uh, Boy, I don't know how many years it's been now, many years now, when I was believing God for a healing on my wrist, I had a golf ball-sized tumor on my wrist right here, right there. Was there, not there now. But I had, I had prayed, cursed it, rebuked it, everything I knew to do, <laughs> and it just got bigger. It just stayed there, you know. But the Spirit of God out of the epicenter, out of my spirit, one day when I was driving my car down the road, said, he goes, you need to start laughing at that right now, at this. Now, that sounded unusual to me. You've heard me share this if you've been here any length of time. But it sounded crazy to me, but, the, but I, I was just dumb enough to believe the Word of God. I believe there's no such thing as dumb. When you obey God, you're not stupid, you're smart. And the Lord said, start laughing. Look at that thing and laugh. You've already prayed. You've already done what you know to do. Now start laughing. Now nobody told a funny joke. Three stooges weren't on. Nothing funny was happening, but sometimes you have to laugh by faith. Right? At destruction, and Job says, at destruction and famine, thou shalt laugh. Ha, ha, ha. 
Now, that's usually when you cry. Right? Something bad happens. Something happens to your son or your daughter. Something goes wrong. You want to cry. But the Holy Ghost says, laugh. I don't feel like laughing, Lord. I don't, there's nothing funny. I don't want to laugh about this. Well, go ahead then and be defeated. I'm not trying to be rude. Sometimes the Holy Ghost will have you do things at the most inopportune time, but he's trying to switch the way you think. He's trying to get you out of that zone that you're in, the unbelief zone. And I was there, been there. And the Lord said, I would start laughing at that thing right now. I said, okay, Lord. That sounded crazy to my mind, but I said, you know, I know the Lord well enough. You know, let's just face the facts. Jesus did some unusual things when he was on this earth that most people would have said, he's nuts, he's crazy. One time a guy was blind. He went over and he went, spit on the ground, made clay of the spittle, rubbed it in the guy's eyes. Someone said, did he use sanitizer? Did he squirt it? They got them on all the walls now, hand sanitizer, right? But the Holy Ghost was in that. Now, you don't see him doing that any other time than right then. There's different administrations. There's different operations. There's different ways the Holy Spirit will do things. Jesus said, I follow the Father's voice. What he tells me to do, I'm going to do. So he spit on the ground, made clay of the spittle, put it on the guy's eyes. He says, go wash in the pool of Siloam. And the guy just went and did it. When he washed, he came back seeing. He was blind, but now he sees. Amen. And so the Spirit of God sometimes will have you do the most unusual things, seemingly unusual too, but he's trying to get you out of the the rut that we can all be in. I've been there myself. And the Lord said, start laughing at that thing. So I started to do it. I looked at it and I said, ha, 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 just like that. No different. Ha, 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 ha. Now I was in my car nobody saw me. If I was in my bathroom in the shower, I'd do it. Nobody saw me or heard me. But the Lord heard it and the devil heard it. Okay? I did that for over a month. Ha, 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 ha. I felt kind of stupid doing it, but I said, you know what? God knows better than I do. Amen? Well, the day came when that thing completely disappeared instantly, just instantly with my family. It just disappeared. It instantly disappeared. But the Lord showed me. He said, it didn't start right then and there. He said, it started when you started to praise me and started to worship me and started to give thanks in the midst of that thing when you weren't healed, when it looked like it was getting bigger, and it was. When it looked like it was getting worse after I prayed, it looked bigger and it looked worse. But the Lord says, start laughing at it. Let joy, let joy come out. If we allow joy to come up out of us, there is no devil that can stand in our way. There's no demon, there's no devils on the face of this earth that can stand before you in the victory when you let the joy of the Lord come up out of you because Jesus is in the midst of that joy who for the joy that was set him before him endured the cross. Jesus was full of joy. He wasn't sad walking around with a lamb slung across his back with a sad, gloomy face. Jesus was a joyful Jesus. He was the epitome of joy. Yeah, but Jesus wept. I know he got over it. 
That's just one verse. The Bible says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Amen? And sometimes we've got to just do it by faith. We, I, didn't, I didn't feel like laughing. I felt like crying, to be honest with you. But I just said, no, let's pull up our bootstraps spiritually. And let's just put on the garment of praise. Hallelujah. Bless you, Father. Hallelujah. Ha, 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 ha. Hallelujah. And sometimes it would, be, it would go from a, just a natural laugh like ha, ha, ha. And all of a sudden it would hit my gut. And I would start, I would start laughing in the spirit. It was just like coming out of my spirit. It was like, oh, my goodness. I hit a gusher. <laughs> you know? Now, I'm sharing this with you. I've, I didn't have any of this on my notes here, but I believe the Holy Ghost is directing our steps here today. Those of you that are here today, you will never, ever be the same again. It's time. The Lord says this today. It's time to take a different approach. It's time to face those obstacles that you face with a different perspective, saith the Lord. For you see, it's not just you facing those circumstances. It's not just you facing those obstacles. I am on the inside of you looking out of your eyes. And when you see things from my perspective, things won't look so bad after all. For you see, there's no devil. There's no demon. There's no sickness. There's no disease. There's no trial that can stand before you and stand before me that can defeat you. So yield yourself unto me. For you see, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And when you turn yourself over to me and allow me to flow through you and allow my joy to flow through you, those demons and devils will have to run and to flee. They'll not be able to stay on your doorstep, saith the Lord. So yield yourself unto me. Practice. Don't wait for a feeling. Don't wait for a special feeling. But do it by faith. And there'll be a great reward standing at your doorstep for those that will step out and obey me and do what I tell them to do. Hallelujah. That's what the Lord says right now. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, you do remember... Back in the times of Israel, when they were surrounded by, far outnumbered by their enemies, going to swallow them up. I mean, far outnumbered. There's no way in the natural they could have beat these people. They were so outnumbered. But the Lord spoke to Jehoshaphat. The spirit of prophecy came on him. He said, send some praisers out. He said, I'm going to choose some praisers. I'm going to go out. They're going to be the front line in that army. <laughs> okay? These are not the biggest, tallest, strongest people. He goes, I want to send the praisers out on the front lines. And they're going to go out on the front lines, and they're going to sing, Praise the Lord, for His mercy endures forever. It looked like an absolute slaughter from the natural. But he said, this is what the Holy Spirit's saying. We're to send some praise. They sent a team of praisers out there, the praise team. And they, all they said was, Lord, I think it's in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, Lord, you are good and your mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. That's all they said, for your mercy endures forever. And it says that and then the Lord sent ambushments against the children of Ammon and Moab, and they turned on one another. I don't know how that happened, but God made it happen. Well, the enemies turned on one another and fought each other and wiped each other out. 
And Israel was standing there without a scratch on them. Those are God's servants. You're not His servants. You're His sons and daughters. So when we worship and we praise and we give thanks, the devil is being defeated on it. Bad, bad, bad. I'll say this and I'll close here. Last night the Lord showed me early in the morning. He said the devil's at a major disadvantage. We look at him sometimes as like, oh, this powerful devil, you know, and he's controlling the whole earth. But let me tell you something. He's at a major disadvantage. He was an archangel, but he was stripped. He had precious jewels. They were stripped from him. He had an anointing. It was totally stripped from him. Jesus made a show of him openly in hell. In Colossians 2.15, making a show of them openly. The devil lost his position. The devil lost his power. The devil lost his authority. The devil lost his dominion. And he gave it back to the church. And the only way he can defeat any of us is if we're deceived, if we don't know. But knowledge is important. You have more of an anointing in you than the devil has. He has no anointing. It was stripped. Everything he had from God was wiped out from him, stripped away. The only thing he can do is try to deceive. That's his only power that he has, to try to deceive. But we're smarter than that because we have the Holy Ghost inside of us. We've got the Word of God. The only way he can deceive you and I is if we don't have the Word in us. If we don't have the Word in us, then we are deceived. But if we've got the Word, we're... Man, we're at a major advantage. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, I saw something earlier this week I thought was fascinating about the, the power of our words. And I think there's always going to be a scientific approach to the things of God. It's, it's interesting. But there is this Japanese doctor. Now, I can't remember his last name. It was, it was Japanese for sure. But uh, he was a Christian doctor, and he did some research on the power of your words. Okay? And I, I believe the Lord had him do this. I think it's Emojo or something like that. His last name is a Japanese fellow, you know? He did this experiment years ago. You can see it on YouTube. And he took glasses of water, separate glasses of water, and he, uh, and he took each glass and he said things to it. He spoke words over it. He took one glass of water and all he would speak is negative things over this water. He said, you're a no good nothing. You're dead. He would speak death over this thing. Okay? The next glass of water, he would get it. He would say, you're beautiful. You're lovely. You're gorgeous. You know, he was, whatever he would say, good things over this one. And he took those two glasses of water and put them under a microscope, froze it first, put it under a microscope, and to his utter amazement, you can see this on, on, uh, on YouTube if you go and look. The glass crystals that he spoke and this, this water came out of the same container, by the way. 
one, one vase poured into two separate glasses. And when he tested the, uh, those two glasses under a microscope, the frozen crystals of the uh, jar that he spoke good over were beautiful crystals like a snowflake. You could see that just there was organization to it, structure to it, gorgeous, beautiful. You know what I mean? Like a snowflake. He said, but the, but the other one he put under frozen, he put under what he spoke negative things over, it was chaos. It was chaos. You would see there was no form to it. It was just, ooh, it's ugly. It was frozen, but it was, there was no form to it. Okay? A couple years later, a guy came along, and he proved this out too. He took, he steamed some rice. Okay? Uncle Ben's rice. And he, he made several. I showed my wife and my daughter this the other night. And I'm trying to show you something here. He, he steamed this, and, and it contains water. When you steam rice, there's water that it's, you know, there's water inside that rice. So he took three separate containers, and he proved this. Not only did he do this experiment once, he did it over and over and over again to eradicate the thought of, of uh, malfunction or something like that. And so he took this, and maybe I'll show it in church someday and show you this. It's like a seven-minute video. And he put this steam rice in a um, mason jar, sealed contained mason jar, sealed it, and he put that, he just cooked that rice. It was moist, and he put it, the exact same things in each of the three jars. The one jar, he wrote down on a piece of paper, uh, he said, negative talk. The other jar he wrote down, put a piece of paper on it, said, positive talk. And the third jar, nothing. Didn't do anything to it. And so he took those jars for about 30 days. And they were there. He would take each jar separately. And he would speak words over it. He would take the one, he would speak negative words over it, bad words over it. You're nothing. You're a lousy. You're a loser. You know, negative words. Okay? Take the second jar. See, this is all Bible anyway. He would take the second jar and say beautiful things. You are go- you have, you have, you're gorgeous, you're lovely, and all these different things he would say to it, you know. You're blessed, you know. And then he just ignored the other one. So after about 35, 40 days, he showed the experience. He took the towel off and he showed each of those jars with the thing on there. And he showed, first of all, the one that he spoke negative over, and it was nasty. It was all, there was mildew in there and just green stuff. It looked, you wouldn't even give that to a dog. You know what I'm saying? It was so bad, okay? Then he went to the other jar that he said nothing over. He said it was just a slight gray color. He didn't say, he just ignored it. But he said that the one that he spoke good over, it looked like he just put it in there. It was fresh. There was no mold, no mildew. There was nothing. Now, all these jars were prepared exactly the same way out of the same batch. And he said, just in case you think that I'm making this up, he goes, you can do this experiment over and over and over again, and you'll have the same results. He said, why? He said, I got this from Dr. Uh, Dr. Emojo, I think his name is, the, the Japanese guy. He said, what happens is, is your words have sound waves. Your words have sound waves, and what you say over things goes into the atmosphere. See, I'm speaking words, but you know, your, your words can go right through that wall. There's no distance. But see, we already know what Jesus said. 
that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed, be thou cast in the sea, death and life are in the power of the tongue. All right? But here's an experiment that comes along that already proves out what the Word of God already says anyway. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now, here's the interesting thing. Do you know your body is literally 72% water? I'm afraid of water. Man, you're living in it right now. <laughs> Amen? Your body, your organs, literally, look it up, is 72% water. And what you say about you has more impact on you than anything else. That just stirred me up. Man, I've always believed in the power of confessing God's word. I always have and I always believe but. Man, when you see something scientific that just verifies what you already know to be true in the Bible, it stirs up your spirit to even want to do it even more. To, when you speak over your children and you speak over your, your, uh, your body, you speak over your finances, you speak over whatever it is you're involved with, you say, I release blessing into this right now. Your words are, are setting the environment, the stage for blessing to take place. I wasn't going to share that, but I'll just throw that in there for, won't charge you for it. Amen. Let's all stand up. We're out of time. Amen. Praise your Lord. Father, I thank you today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Now bless each one as they go here today, Father. Thank you, Father, for watering our steps all this week in Jesus' name. Amen.